It's so good to be with you this morning. Um, You know, for the last few weeks, we have heard our teaching on home and what it means to make the Bridge Church your home and being planted in the house of the Lord, we will flourish. Um, And so from this, over the next three weeks, we're going to be looking deeper into our church values that are over on the wall just there. Everyone's welcome. Nobody's perfect and anything is possible. The, de- the dictionary definition of values is this. The beliefs people have, especially about what is right and wrong and what is most important in life, that control their behaviour. I think the last part of that is really important. It controls our behaviour. You know, this is more than just a slogan on our wall or on our website. Um, it's more than just something about who we say we are or what we want to look like as a group of people. But actually, these three values are Jesus-centred beliefs. They're graces on our church that should be shaping our community in the way that we speak, the way that we act, and the way that that we behave. You know, because our values and our actions have to add up. It's so obvious to people when they don't. Can you imagine going around to someone's house, you've been invited there, and as soon as you get there, there is a massive sign on the door that says, no muddy shoes. You would be panicking, wouldn't you? You'd maybe give them a bit of a clean, you'd definitely take them off, you'd be a bit worried if you'd been maybe for a walk that day, and I would feel a bit stressed. And then imagine going through into the living room, and the whole family that live there have got the muddiest shoes shoes on imaginable. Everywhere they walk, they are leaving a trail of muddy feet. It's everywhere. You'd be a bit confused, wouldn't you? You'd be like, wait a second, I just saw that on the door on the way in. That like doesn't make any sense. That doesn't add up. And you know, it's a silly example, but in the same way, if our values and our actions don't add up, then we're creating an environment or a view of church, family, that people can find really confusing. You know, in a world where so many people now are searching for truth, they're searching for clarity, a place to belong, you know, we need to make sure that this church, our church family, can be a place where they can find that and not be confused or discouraged. So today we're kicking it all off by looking at the first of our values, everyone's welcome. And you know, I think even with all of these values, it can be so easy to think, you know, we do a great job at every single one of them. But actually, I think when we stop and we really think about them, we can realise that they require a lot of intentionality and effort from us to get them right. So, I want us to look at a passage in the Bible from Acts 10 and 11. We're going to read Acts 11 together. Um, And it's one of Jesus' disciples, Peter, who goes on this amazing journey. And I feel like he grapples with this value of everyone's welcome. And it's really powerful. So I encourage you to go and read the whole of 10, Acts 10 and 11, because it's got the whole story in there. But we're going to read from chapter 11. And this is Peter's description to what happened to him. It says, The apostles and the believers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. 
So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, you went into the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them. Starting from the beginning, Peter told the whole story. I was in the city of Joppa praying and in a trance I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheet being let down from heaven by its four corners and it came down to where I was. I looked into it and saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles and birds. And then I heard a voice telling me, get up Peter, kill and eat. I replied, surely not, Lord. Nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. The voice spoke from heaven a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times and then it was all pulled up to heaven again. Right then, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea stopped at the house where I was staying. The Spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with them. These six brothers also went with me and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen an angel appear in his house and say, send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He will bring you a message through which you and all your household will be saved. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. Then I remembered what the Lord had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? When they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God, saying, So then, even to Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. You know, a bit of background on Peter. He was one of Jesus' disciples. This is the same Peter that denied Jesus three times. Peter was there at the Pentecost and will have been there when Jesus gives this great commission to tell everybody to go and spread the good news to the end of the earth. But Peter was also Jewish and at that time it was Jewish belief that God showed partiality towards Jews and against Gentiles. You know in those days if a Jew married a Gentile the Jewish community would have a funeral for the Jew and consider them dead. This is a bit like what my dad did when he found out that his Manchester United supporting daughter was going to marry a Liverpool supporter. (laughs) The funeral happened, we all wore dark clothes, it was a sad day for the whole household. But you know, even things like entering into a Gentile house would be seen as unclean before God for a Jew. So even for Peter, like we said, someone who's lived with Jesus, walked with Jesus, has been there alongside him, he has still started to build up some walls and started to put God in a box of limitations of what he can do. You know, Peter wasn't someone who would welcome Gentiles even into his house, never mind into God's kingdom. And yet, he has this incredible encounter. 
a vision from God that appears to be all about food. That is my type of vision. But actually God is trying to tell him so much more about his heart and what his kingdom should be and what it should look like. And I think there's two things that we can learn from Peter and his journey that can help us and when we look at everyone's welcome. And the first one is this, that Peter became more like Jesus. You know, God said to Peter, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. At first, Peter thinks this is all about food and Jewish customs, but God is using this to remind Peter of his redemptive plan all along. That Jesus isn't coming just for a chosen few, a special group of people, but he died on the cross so that every single person could have a relationship with Jesus and experience his love and receive his love. You know, Peter realises this even further after he invites the men into his home and the Holy Spirit comes on them. He says this, So if God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? I love this. It's like a light bulb moment for Peter in realising that everyone is welcome. You know, he moves himself away from himself, Peter, and his own traditions and his own beliefs, and he moves to become more like Jesus. Because in his kingdom, these things don't exist. You know, I love the part when Peter says, who am I that I could stand in God's way? You know, I read this a while ago and it really jumped out to me, that one line, and it brought up loads of questions for me in asking, do I ever try and stand in God's way? You know, are there certain people or certain groups of people or certain attitudes or personality traits that, you know, just rub us up the wrong way or we start to build these walls, don't we? up against certain people or barriers and that can stand in God's way and it opposes his plans and his purposes. You know, I'm sure that we would all say that none of us are like that. It can be really easy to say that, can't it? But I think we can have it all creep in sometimes. I remember when John Andrews asked us a similar question on our discipleship course about Jonah Um, And a lot of you were there for that. And um, we talked about his attitude towards the people of Nineveh. He just didn't want them to be saved. But this is directly opposite to who Jesus is and his heart. You know, if we want to be people that truly live out everyone's welcome, then we need to, like Peter, throw aside any thoughts and feelings that we may have that create that wall and that barrier and become more like Jesus. You know, it says in God's words in in Galatians 3, 26 to 28, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. 
We are all one. You know, there's no social barriers, there's no ethnic barriers. We are all children of God through faith alone. You know, and that means that everyone is welcome here. You know, when we talk about everyone's welcome, I think sometimes we can look outside and of course we want everyone to be welcome here but I really felt the the prompt from God to speak to us today about making sure that within these walls within our church family that everyone here that makes up this body of Christ that we actually make sure that all of us feel welcome and feel like we belong here at the Bridge Church. You know, we are so incredibly blessed to have such a diverse family. It's one of the things I love most about being a part of this church. You know, we're diverse in ages, we're diverse in backgrounds, but you know, we are incredibly diverse in the different number of nationalities and ethnicities that make up our church family. And you know, we need to make sure that within these walls, within our church family, we're creating an environment and a culture that reflects the kingdom of God, that welcomes those differences, that helps people to belong and celebrated. And this should flow through absolutely everything that we do. You know, Peter had to be reminded that this is God's kingdom, not ours. He needed to move himself away from himself and towards Jesus. Isn't that what everything is about in our walk with God? That we're trying to move away from ourselves and our natural human tendencies and fix our eyes on Jesus. You know, the Bridge Church is God's house. And you know, we have a commission and a passion towards those who don't yet know Jesus to come and be welcomed here so that we can point them to Jesus. I think the second thing that we can learn from Peter is this, that Peter was intentional. You know, when we say that everyone is welcome, this is a value that should affect the way that we speak and act and should be our culture. You know, I was listening to an interview with a a pastor in America and he was talking all about being a welcoming church and he said something that really stood out to me and he said that there is a big difference between being a friendly church and a welcoming church. A friendly church is the hello at the door. A friendly church is, you know, smiling across to people in the service and just saying a big hello. Maybe it's a little conversation afterwards and all of those things are great. But actually, a welcoming church is one that goes the extra mile, that has that intentionality behind it. You know, a welcoming church helps people to belong and points them to Jesus. A welcoming church goes out of their way, just like Jesus. And you know, as always, we have the best example in Jesus for this. He was like consistently went the extra mile for people. He consistently sat with people that were marginalized by society that nobody would have ever spoken to. He went and ate with people like that, sat alongside people, was constant, like consistently inconvenienced for people and went the extra mile. 
You know, we serve a welcoming God who has absolutely no barriers when it came to his love and his heart for others. You know, Peter must have been reminded of this. It seems like Peter always needs to be reminded of things. He's one of the disciples that needs that three times and then he kind of gets it. I'm a bit like that. Um, But Peter invited the men that visited him into his home. He treated them more than just visitors. They were honoured guests. And as we said before, this was unheard of for a Jew and a Gentile to engage in this way. Peter's attitude totally changed and he decided to welcome, to go the extra mile and invite them into his home. It was intentional and that is how our welcoming should be. You know, Peter realised that Jesus shows no partiality. You know, at home now, we've got a two-year-old Hudson who absolutely loves to draw. And not too long ago when Ross was away, um, Hudson really wanted to draw, and as every two-year-old does, he was like very persistent about it, asking me a lot of times. And so I just reached in in a rush and grabbed the first pen that I saw and gave it to him with a piece of paper on the couch. I left the room for about five seconds, it probably was, and came back in and realised that I'd given our two-year-old son a black Sharpie pen. I know. And he no longer wanted to use the piece of paper anymore. Um, The couch was now his new canvas and we had black Sharpie marks all over the couch. It was not fun when Ross came home and saw that. But you know, when we talk about everybody's welcome, I felt like it is really important to say today that that doesn't mean that anything goes. You know, just like that story and often with our children, we will always welcome them. We will always love them beyond anything. But that doesn't mean that Hudson can do whatever he wants. You know, he can't draw all over the couch. He can't launch things through the window. He can't fight. He often fights with Cookie, but not in our house. But that never ever diminishes mine and Ross's love for him and we would never not welcome him into our home. But in the same way, our everyone's welcome value doesn't mean that anything goes. You know, our world is broken, isn't it? And there's so much darkness surrounding people and there's just so much out there at the moment that can feel so dark and yet we are called to be a church that is set apart, that intentionally welcomes people into this place because we know that there is someone who we can point them to that can transform their life. You know, we've got to be intentional in the way that we disciple people and help them on their journey with Jesus. And without stealing any thunder from next week, we know that nobody is perfect, don't we? None of us are. And we'll all make mistakes. But you know, what better place to be welcomed into where people can come alongside, where they can stand with you, pray with you, have difficult conversations sometimes and encourage you because that is what God's kingdom looks like. And you know, like I said before, within these walls, within our church family, 
You know, when we say that not anything goes, we often think about the big stuff, like really difficult things, but actually it can be simply like little things like the way that we speak to one another. You know, this can be confusing for people like that story at the beginning that I mentioned that it's confusing when we've got things written on our walls, but then people see something different within our family and our culture. And you know, we've got to make sure that our values and our actions add up. And the band can come and join me. And so we've looked at Peter's journey through all of this today. And those two things that can help us when we strive to be a church where everyone's welcome. You know, Peter became more like Jesus. This is something we have to do. And we need to make sure that we don't get in God's way. And Peter was intentional. You know, we have to be prepared to all do this together. Not just for the few, but for every single person in this room. Willing to go the extra mile. And not just be friendly, but genuinely welcoming. And I wanted to finish by talking about the greatest welcome that the world has ever seen. And this has to be from Jesus. And we're going to take communion in a minute together. But what Jesus did for us when he died on the cross and rose again to welcome us into his kingdom and for us to have a relationship with him has to be the greatest welcome the world has ever seen. And that has got to shape our hearts and our value of everyone's welcome. You know, none of us would be here without a God who welcomed us. You know, in 1 John 4, it says these words. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. You know, what a welcome from God. We belong to him. We are his sons and daughters. You know, for me, that motivates me so much to be someone who seeks to be and lives out that value of everyone's welcome. And you know, I constantly pray a prayer to God um, and it's kind of just like a heart prayer for me. Um, And I'm constantly praying to God to say, break my heart for what breaks yours. Because I don't want to become a person like Peter who starts to build up walls and, and stands in the way of God and starts to put God in a box or puts barriers up and things like that. But I want to be someone that's heart is after God's heart. And I constantly pray that prayer of God, break my heart for what breaks yours. Motivate me once again, God. Ignite that passion and that fire for people that don't yet know you. And I'm really praying for us today that that would also be a prayer that's on all of our hearts. Break our hearts for what breaks yours. So I don't know if you want to stand with me if you're able. In a minute as the band play, you can go and take communion. But you know, what a reminder and what a way that we can remember 
who God is this morning in sending in his son Jesus to die on a cross for us so that we could be welcomed into his kingdom. Yeah, let's pray together. Yeah, Father God, I thank you for everything of who you are this morning, Jesus. God, break our hearts for what breaks yours today. As we talk about everyone's welcome, God, help us to have eyes to see your eyes, Jesus. To see what your kingdom looks like, Father. And I pray for for some of us this morning that may have built up those barriers or those walls or the things that can go unseen sometimes, God. I pray that those would break this morning in your name, Jesus. God, break our heart for what breaks yours, Father God. We know that there is a world that is hurting and is broken and is surrounded by so much darkness, Father God. But I pray that we would be a church and a community that says everyone is welcome because we know who you are, Jesus. We know that when we point people to you, lives are transformed. So I pray this morning that you would break our hearts afresh. You would ignite and reignite a passion and a fire to see the lost come and find their home in you, Jesus. Everyone is welcome in your kingdom.